everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. This week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 159 for November 21st, 2018. This week's all Patreons are as follows. I'm going to read them out in alphabetical order because that's how the CSV was exported. Aaron Lund, Al's Hackshack, Alan Canterbury, Barry Custom, Brett Benson, Bryce Stoddard, Camille Good. Chad from Mancrafting, Chris McIntosh, Christopher Pixley, Chuck Curtis, Creator Nader, Dan Stark, Daniel Haju, Daniel Ohlendorf, Daryl Cooksey, Dave Morris, Dave Bauer, David Bellhorn, DDM Maid, Dominic Bender, Driftless Joinery, Factotum Industries, G Customs, Gary Fuji, Gib Clark, Greg Fitzgerald, Greg Mead, Hugh Scott Designs, Infinite Craftsman, uh, Paul Jackman, Jeron Clock, Jim Bashirs, Jim Marullo, uh, The Godfather, uh, Jimmy DeResta. Sorry, I should have given you more heads up on that one. Uh, Joe Pierce, John J. Hilgers Jr., Jonathan Holt, Josh Frankel, Keith Johnson, Khalifa something, Laura Kampf, LiquidRC.com, Live Free and DIY, Make Build Modify, Make Break Repeat, Maker on the Move, Maker Geek, Make... Making at Home by uh, Steve Mosley, uh, Marcus Hoffman, Matt Parker, Matt Valbrack, Matt Williams, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Michael Bielner, Mike Rollinger, Nick Carruthers, Opposable Thumbs, Patty Gilstrap, Paul Mayette. Yes? No? Um, I want to pause for the name that you butchered, Khalif. Yeah, yeah it's his Khalifa. Khalifa? Yeah. Um, and there's a last name that you can't pronounce. It, there is no last name. Oh, it's just Khalifa. Okay, I want. I just wanted to say, if to make sure we're pronouncing that correctly, please message us at info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com and we will correct that because uh, I think we can do better. And and if there's anybody out there with the name Khaleesi, we would love to have you as a patron as well. Anyways, I'm going to get back to reading out these names from under the bus that Ted just threw me under. Ted? <laughs> Ted. Did I call you Ted? Hey, yeah. I guess I knew a guy who used to throw me under the bus a lot named Ted. Uh, Tim! I thought, you were, I thought you were intentionally mispronouncing my name. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way funnier. Let's go with that. <laughs> back to the list. Paul Mayette, Phil Patrick, Rachel Steele, Rody Jeff, Rob Hamlet, Ryan Ridgely, Scott Hahn, Scott Turner, SD Works, which is a Sean, Shane Bronson, Square Splinter, Stan Pierce, Steve from Moonshine Metalworks, Stu Morrison. I'm going to interrupt again because I was just texting with Stu Morrison right before we started recording this, and he told me to say, Bill, I love you, and hi, Phil. <laughs> Classic okay. Stu. Please continue. <laughs> Stu Mo, Stu Mo, Stu Mo. <laughs> Uh, Turgworks, which is Tim Ross Greenwood, I think. Wave Cycles, Wesley Treat, and Bill Lutz. And Tim Sway are also on that list, but that's only so you get notified about Patreon. That's everyone. Guys, holy schmoly, thank you so much. That is, like, an insane list. We really, really, really appreciate it. 
uh, how many people are on this list? Currently, currently, Except Excel 78. count, 78. 78 yeah. patrons. Guys. It's crazy. We really appreciate it. I don't all kidding aside, all shtick aside, thank you so much. I don't think there's 78 people in my entire family tree. That's a I, don't know, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> <laughs> it was just some obscure information I thought I'd throw out there. Oh, that's what he's doing. Um, what are you guys working on? Bill Lutz, what are you, are you working on some kind of a salon? Is that something you're doing? You know, I am. I haven't been doing a whole lot uh, because uh, eight hours a day at work is keeping me out in the uh, fired up air. Or air quality is pretty mm. bad out here. And luckily... Not luckily. It just turns out that between the city of Oakland and the contractor for Casey Salon, things are kind of delayed by about a month. So I've got this huge uh, breathing room I didn't know I had. So that's kind of nice. But yes, yeah, I am. I am working on the salon just just very slowly, very slowly. Right on. Okay. So like a regular contractor then. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? You say stuff like that, but when you need one, well, when you need one, pal. Yeah, he's just he's just a phone. He's just many he's phone calls and several weeks away. <laughs> well, in this case, it wasn't the contractor. For some reason, the city of Oakland, believe it or not, um, they had two inspectors for the entire city, and one of them quit or retired or something. Oh, and my God. With the boom that's going on right now in Oakland, uh, just so much building going on, there was so backlogged that we didn't realize it to get a final inspection. So you get a rough inspection when the plumber does his thing and the electrician does his thing and mm. the other guys, everything's still open. They haven't put the sheetrock on the walls. They haven't covered everything up. It's a rough inspection. The guy comes in and says, yep, that's done right, that's done right, that's done right. Then your final inspection was with everything done, did you do it correctly again? And that wasn't going to be done until March, which is like, uh-oh, since their lease has ended in the end of this month. Um, wow. So they were able to get a, an extension on their lease by a month, and the city hired seven temp inspectors uh, to come in and, and try and catch oh. up. Because there's just... So all to say that's really good news for the city of Oakland because they're they're booming. Um, but still, it's another, another month they have to pay uh, two lease rents and the new owner, the new owners of her, of their old space, is like, yeah, you can stay another month for two and a half times what you're paying. So that's, oh. yeah. But what do you do? Yeah, Where do, do they that. find seven inspectors who know what they're doing? They probably get them from other cities, um, and they'll have them do it on like a consulting or overtime oh, basis. Smart. Okay. Or or even um, like when you buy a home, you hire a licensed home inspector that's a private inspector. So there are people out there that are licensed and qualified yeah. that are in the private sector that they could they could be subcontracting to. It's not only city inspectors, you know. But but like it went, Bill could probably pass the test without even studying. You right. know, I would have to study, but I thought about doing that, but I'm just like, eh, eh. Anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, that's that's what I've been working on. What you know. Tim, you be quiet. Phil, what have you been working on, buddy? What, what's going on with you? <sighs> Finally. Um, <laughs> no, um, so I got a couple of Rush Whiskey Box orders uh, on Friday. Two of them, in fact, which was kind of weird. One I was expecting because a lot of Etsy is like, uh, especially on the custom side, is conversations, right? So they'll text you, hey, um, can you do this, this, and this to the thing I see here in this picture that you've already done? And usually it's like, yeah, and then they'll come back and like, okay, but what about this message? Can you do this? It's always like this negotiation of what's possible. 
Um, so I was expecting one, and then one just sort of like out of the blue was like, if you leave your your, I normally leave my phone on vibrate, but I happened to leave it on Ringer. And when Ringer is on and you get an order on Etsy, it's the most glorious sound in the world. It's actually a cash register ka-ching. So I was like surprised, but I was like, oh my god, what what is this? And it was like just a whiskey box, and like they wanted a custom, they wanted a message, they were just like, I want this, just do this. It's like okay, nice. um, so that was cool, yeah. Um, and normally I make these things out of pallet wood and pine, and I've got a you know I've got to laminate some and to make panels and all that stuff. But uh, if you guys have been paying attention, I sort of I took this desk apart, a solid maple desk. Yeah, maple. It was already, yeah, it was already all panels. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this thing out of maple. It'll be nicer to work with. They're going to get an even nicer product than normal. And it it had like all kinds of, uh, not necessarily distress on it, but it had some holes that had been made into it. And there's some like pocket holes in it because that's the, how the whole desk was held together. It was just pocket holes. So it still has that reclaimed look. It's just like it's three-quarter inch nice. maple. So it's going to be mm. really nice. So I'm ex- well, both of them are. I'm really excited about it. And. I did some floating panels instead of uh, eighth-inch plywood for the bottoms, which is something I haven't done before, which was interesting. So, you know, I've talked about it in the past. To keep things interesting, you can make the same thing many, many different ways and, you know, practice new techniques and all kinds of stuff, you know. So I made floating panels by shaving down the edge work by making, like, rabbits and uh, all the way around using my table saw. Uh, sorry, not my table saw, sorry, my, uh, my router table. So it was yep. an interesting one to do. I used a rabbiting bit and something I hadn't really done before because I just would slot in eighth in, eighth inch plywood. Um, and am I doing anything else? I'm sure I'm doing other stuff. Oh yeah, the uh, the whiskey, uh, not the whiskey. Sorry, the, uh, the 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 rolling trays. I've gotten another revision, so I've got to go back and <laughs> redesign them again in CNC and recut out prototypes and stuff because now they want to be able to include accessories into this thing and make it a, a whole kit. So there's this like that's, card. That's a good uh, thing for you to actually get because now you'll have some ideas to maybe diversify your tray. Yeah, no, it was cool. So it was cool. So that's interesting. And and then I was fixing my bandsaw. So that was uh, I posted that on Instagram. How'd that hold I, up? Fine. What I fixed held up. Then the next hole blew out because it's just like honestly, this thing is so cheaply made, and I duh, right? But it's cast <laughs> aluminum, but it's horribly thin. So if you yeah. over tighten the threads that hold on your bandsaw guides, like the little metal inserts that slide in and touch the blades almost, if you over tighten them, like the whole mechanism just sort of pops open. So I fixed one side. I've got now got to fix the other side. And, there's uh, a. I'm sure. I'm sure what happened was an accident. But there is. There's a theory I've always lived by. If it's not a moving part. It's only got to yeah. be kind of tight a little bit. Yeah. I was. It was slipping, right? So the guides were slipping on me. So I tightened them a little harder. I only use my fingers to tighten. Understood. Understood. But but it's the metal is so, like, and I had another part that snapped off the back. And you look inside. You look at the casting, right? Yeah. And it's it's like this thin wall of solid metal all the way around, and the inside looks like foam. <laughs> like it's just a it's a yeah. horrible casting. Yeah. It's not so, like I don't even know why this part wouldn't be steel. Like this, just aluminum, is just super. What what brand is this? It's a rigid. It's the BS fourteen thousand. Oh, but it's the same as all the Delta and the fourteen inch Chinese clones. Like they're all the same exact bandsaw. Like in fact, this upper blade got. I already destroyed the one that came with it, and I replaced it 
with the one that I got from uh, King Canada, which mm -hmm. is another tool maker here. So it uses the cooling blocks and not the uh, wheels. Exactly. I'm thinking. But, I'm thinking about on mine because I have the uh, bearing guides on mine. I'm thinking about there's a conversion kit I think for this Craftsman that I have. You can put the cooling blocks on it. There's so much better. I mean, you mean the the graphite blocks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool blocks. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what mine has, but it has it has bearings behind it though. Like, yeah, that's the thrust yeah. bearing. Yeah, but, but then you've exactly got the guide bearings. Right. When the guide, the guide yeah. bearings to go up against it. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. I, mean, I don't care what you yeah, do. Yeah, oh, no, those are terrible. Yeah. Well, they work fine, the but they're noisy. And, they're uh, noisy. That's well, the only thing. Alex, but they do work better than the blocks. Well, yeah, the no, blocks I don't think they do. Up, but you can just you just move them. Yeah. You know? See, right. I, I think the blocks themselves are. It's a better concept. I really do. Really? I'm a much bigger fan. Well, it's because it's a. Like you were saying about moving parts and stuff, it's like there's a it's a moving friction area, right? So you yeah. want something that's going to wear instead of something that's going to break, right. you know? And that's sort of the idea. I bought these graphite blocks; they were like an inch long, yeah. You mm. know, like the two, and so like they'd stick out, and then you just like every once in a while you just kind of pull it out, you can clean the end up and stick it in again, yeah. just reset it, you know? It's it's definitely I think I feel like a better way. And the doesn't the graphite lubricate the blade too? I think I so. That. I don't know about that. Um, in theory, but that's the problem with the bearings. Is you, I mean, it's so tempting to just squirt a little WD forty on that. But if you do that, you're going to get your blade, and your your belts are going, to, the the tires are going to get wet, and tires you know, are it's like ah. Um, just a quick tip, Alex Snodgrass. Uh, I think maybe for the Wood Whisperer, but just Google on YouTube Alex Snodgrass uh, bandsaw tune up. And he goes just a real quick and simple, yeah. easy way to tune up your bandsaw. And the guy's the master at anything bandsaw, so check it out. That's I follow his his uh, little guide, and it works pretty I good. Mm -hmm. I know my bandsaw needs tuning up. I just I don't know much about it really. I just don't use it all that often. He makes you know? it, he makes it. It's like oh really? That's it? And then you do it, and you're like oh my yeah. gosh! It just it does just yeah. cut better. It's weird, but it's really simple. Yeah. It's not like an hour process. It's like a ten minute little tune up that you do. So, I yeah. want to fabricate this part because it looks like it'd be super easy to fabricate out of steel. I'm just missing the one, the old metal hot glue gun. So I reached out to a couple of companies to see if there was something we can do. Nice. Uh, yeah. Hobart sent me a very nice rejection letter. <laughs> it's a nice, that's a nice uh, uh, company as far as tool. That's a good tool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sort of reached out to all the bigs and see what happens. I guess I'll, I'll work my way down. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, they sent me a really nice rejection letter, but um, I'm still waiting on a couple of others. See, maybe what I can do. I mean, I'm not looking for anything crazy. I'm looking for maybe a $200 machine. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to talk about a quality company and uh, provide my experience as a beginner. I feel that that's a valuable thing. I mean, it's, it's one thing when you have the 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 Jimmy dresses of the world, you know, that have twenty years of experience using a tool, and they go out and they use the tool. It's another thing to put it in the hands of someone that's never used it before, you know. Um, and that I don't know. I just I think that there is a market for that and a value. There's a to huge that. market and a value for both. For that. And I think for, it's, I mean for both. You want to see both sides. You want to see the expert. The yeah, expert. The expert's the been going on. Can, the expert's been going yeah. on for a long time now. What you're starting to yeah. see, I've noticed in the last couple of years, is these manufacturers that are not making cheaper tools. They're just making the entry level tools. And they're really marketing the heck out of that. So I don't see why you can't get somebody, you know. I mean, that's that's been a, a lot of the, the deals that I've made on my channel have been that because it's I just personally want to learn how to use something. And so I, mm -hmm. I just keep writing the companies until someone says yes. And that was like TIG welding. Like, you know, that was like I you watch my TIG welding video. You're not going to learn how to make perfect lines, but you're going to see that 
I made two pieces of metal stick together with a TIG welder. So if I can do it knowing nothing, you can too. And this machine's affordable, you know? Right. If yeah, you're I think that's the value there for sure. Yeah. It's like yeah. the first time you've opened it up. Okay, what do I do? How do I do this? You know, yeah. you don't want, sometimes you want to see an expert do something expertly, but then sometimes you also want to see someone do something inexpertly to sort of validate Encourage your own you. experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you see the expert with the same machine make the perfect bead and the perfect weld. And so then you know that the machine has the capability of doing that. And that's, right. you know, the real, the, the sellers, they want to show that. They want to show perfection being done with their machine to say, hey, look, this machine does perfect perfect work. But if we're just a bunch of clowns, it's intimidating to us. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to do that, you know. It's right. show, well, hey, you can, but you can do this. So I'm saying I think I think like, over the last several years that's going away now because the uh, the elite privileged knowledge hidden secret society of welders and woodworkers and mechanics mm. it's not like that anymore. I, I think that's an old yeah, yeah. that's an old um, way of thinking about it. And it's just not like that anymore. You've got so many people willing to share their expertise, and uh, it's it's really not as mysterious and crazy as people make it out to be. Mm. Cool, Tim. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? I uh, see. I just uh, picked up a commission today locally to make a, a you know like the barn wood door that people have in their house. It usually, is on a slider or something. Yeah. Uh, like a barn door track. I'm making one of those for a, a person in town, uh, but it doesn't have to slide. It's just going to hang on a French cleat because she just wants to cover this part of her wall that she needs occasional access to. Oh. Um, there's like an entrance, an entrance into her basement. It's like a bilco door that they that was but then they the house got converted so it's a you know four season room now mm. and so the part of the she has like a false floor over part of it and then there's a the part that was in the wall she just wants to cover it with like a like a barn door it's like it's only two feet high but she wants to make it look like a full door you know it's a you know, wall art you know nice mm. so that's Love it. So, that's fun yeah actually. it'll be a quick easy one and um what else am i doing uh i have a guitar i'm making a left-handed guitar uh no yeah, yeah, left-handed guitar. Wow, <laughs> a real one, a real six-string. Um, six for a customer. That's like twice as many as I use. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like two of your guitars in one. I know. Um, it's I'm uh, making a it's a lefty uh, semi-hollow body. He's mailing me the neck and the parts. I'm doing that, and then I've been on this product kick uh, of making products. Um, I've like s- for I've my seen Etsy the store. yeah, I've seen the uh, the uh, musical dice thing i might have to invest in a pair of that now since i can i might be able to actually understand it you know what there's a set the blues dice would be perfect for you yeah yeah because it's like there's only like you know it's like one roll for the chords and so then you just got like you know the the chord changes are laid out and that might be a fun one for you (laughs) i'll have to send you a set that's um yeah so the, the musical dice and then i um i'm gonna have a video about that next week uh, and then I've been making these other things. Um, you know what? Oh, here I can show you one because I know how that works for audio. Last I know what week this we were is. talking. I know what this is. What is it? This. No, you don't. This. Oh no, it's not that. It's oh. not that. This this the sporkchilla. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's not that. It's we were talking last week about the phone holder, and you were talking about the um, Atlas. Oh yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. I looked. That doesn't exist. So. But and Phil claimed it, so I didn't make that because I didn't want. I didn't want to take that away from you phil yeah thank you so yeah could you so what god did you use Uh, yeah what god i made this it's a like a desk set thing is that a dolphin and yeah it's like a dolphin and the tail holds the move it to your right a little bit uh oh yeah 
Yeah, that so is still an, in. You want to be careful because at the wrong angle, that could look a little. Yeah. Uh, Looks a little. Yeah. I don't know, man. You gotta. You, oh, you yeah, gotta. Yeah. You gotta no, differentiate I... the color of that somehow. What the 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 dolphin? Something make the base a different color or lighter or darker. I'm just saying. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, and stop making your dolphin so sexy. I know. <laughs> Is that Kumaro? Is that what you used there? Yeah, that's just some Kumaro. It's just an idea. Like, I still got to make some adjustments to it, but it, the idea is that the, the other slots holds uh, your business card, and then there's like a pen spot. So it's like a little desk set, not just like I a like phone that. holder. A business valet. Yeah, so I was just I was just messing around with the idea. Of, I was like, oh, what now he's, like, stare, uh, he's staring at it. Now he's like, does it look like that? No, we were just messing with you, Tim. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. It looks like it looks no, exactly I mean, yeah. like a dolphin. I think I think if you're a teenage boy, you can look at that and say, "Oh yes, it looks phallic." Um, but I'm not concerned about it in the least. So, well, I am still a teenage boy. So yeah, apparently, apparently, and so, forever. You know what? That's great because then I can sell these things like hotcakes on Etsy to teenage boys. Yeah, right? that's right. Are you a teenage boy? Come to my webpage. Sounds innocent, Tim. <laughs> Step three: profit. That's right. Step three. And you can just tell your parents, honest, jail. mom, it's only a dolphin. <laughs> but yeah, I need to I need to make a couple adjustments to it. Uh, but that, that was fun. Yeah, just super cool, and man. then that's the sporkchilla. Cool. Um, that's like I had made those last year. I made the spoonchilla last year, and uh, but I did them on the bandsaw. And and all it is is it's um, like a cooking wooden spoon, but instead of just being a wooden spoon with a handle, the the back end of the handle is also a spatula. So you've if you flip it, like you have a spoon on one end, it's about, you know, it's like uh, 14 inches long or whatever, like a typical kind of kitchen spoon, like, and a spatula on the other end. So you can stir and then, you know, flip to the other side and flip. And then, and then I added a little fork prong to it. Uh, so now it's the spork chilla. And I was just messing around 3D modeling on the CNC and, mm-hmm. that's, and uh, that's production cool. and stuff. And then, I, and then I went and I made it and I was like, because I made it, like I said, last year by hand and it was very rustic looking on the bandsaw. And I was like, I want to see if I can make it look like a product and design and Vectric, you know, a product. Mm-hmm. So I designed a file that was good enough, you know, um, so there's very little hand work. And then I got them done. I'm like, this is cool. This looks like a product. And then I remembered I had the laser cutter. And so then I was able to actually engrave the, like a name into yeah. it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh. I was like, I'm like a factory over here now. I, I, yes. I gave Phil the, the Atlas thing. I'm going to give you now, you've got the spoonchula, the sporchula. How about little mm-hmm. salad prongs? You can call it the crabchula because, you know, it's like little. Well, add, add, uh. I like that. Right? Yeah. The salad tongs. Yeah. You know, I could actually make the sporkchilla uh, uh, make an addition, like a like so you can buy two of them and they an click ex- together. Ex- and then they an accessory. Yeah. yeah. Come out. Yeah. yeah. One's a yeah. hole and one's a peg. And you could use them it's together basically or you the, use them apart. Right, right, right. It's basically the square for cooks. Right? Well, it's like the you, well you know how to market it. It's just like they do on TV. You say, hey, buy the sporkchilla, but wait. Yeah. You'll also get the yeah. You'll also get the attachment to make it a crab chilla, free. You just pay separate handling. We don't know That's what right. that means. Six ninety nine shipping handling. We yeah, don't know you, what yeah, that. You pay seventeen fifty shipping yeah. handling. <laughs> but it's free. Uh, yeah. So uh, actually, speaking of the square, did you see Izzy's most recent video? He uh, he used it extensively. He did. No, I didn't. Which yep. video? I was like, what? What do you? What do you want uh, on retainer by Tim here? There's a lot of square usage in this video. Well, the video was uh, he. Which video was it? Uh, he made a uh, the a, ring thing. a ring machine. He he made a oh, jig I just to saw make that rings. in my feed. I haven't watched it. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's funny that he decided to show off your 
Tool, and he did a uh, collab with Andy Klein. So Andy Klein also made, you know, Andy Klein's a, a tool jig making genius. Yeah, that means he's going to take the square and improve it and call it the, the Kleiner. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> and blow my sails out of the got, water. You've got these two two tool inventors making a video, and Izzy was kind enough to show off your square quite a bit. I, I think you should um, you should probably call him up and say thank you. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I did. I just talked to him, and he said, "He said I love you, Bill." And he said hi to Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he would never say that. <laughs> you know, it's less and less funny when you do that all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, do we have a topic? I mean, it feels a little obscure. I I think it's one of our better topics in a while. The name, the title. Yeah, you came up with it, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I did um, not actually. Phil did. Yeah, so we're calling this one uh, Must Be Nice. I, I wouldn't know. know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's in reference to uh, some obscure tools. Like we're going to go around and we're going to talk about some of the more obscure tools that we have that are really nice to have. And I'll go first to illustrate the point. I have a, uh, a tap and die set that I've probably used maybe a dozen times in the last four years. And I've used them to make repairs on tools. I've used them to um, re-thread bolts if I needed a different thread pattern and I absolutely had to have something right away. Obviously, it's not the best thing in the world, but it'll do in a pinch. Um, when I've had to re-tap holes on, I when I first got this bandsaw, they had stripped the bolt and uh, strip the hole for the tensioning knob uh, that adjusts the wheel and adjusts the tension of the uh, the blade. Anyway, so I you know I re-threaded that bolt and I and they had given me some like galvanized steel bolt. You have to use this, and you really have to torque it with like uh, locking pliers. I was like, really? Let me see the old one. Oh, okay. Let me get this home. Anyways, re-tapped, re-threaded, and the whole thing was great, good to go. So this is one of those really really nice. Uh, nice to have. And it, I paid 30 bucks for it on sale, Canadian Tire. It's got all the standard sizes and all the metric sizes. I mean, let's say the most common ones. It's, a, it's like one of these briefcase opens up kind of sets. And uh, and I just just used it to fix my bandsaw upper bearing guide uh, when it got full of a little bit of JB Weld. I just retapped the hole, cleaned it out, good, good to go. So it's one of these things that I've used not a million times, but when I've needed it in a pinch, Fantastic to have. I think every maker should have a tap and die set. Yeah, must be nice. I wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, it would be nice. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But you yeah. guys both have sets, correct? Uh, yes. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have metric though. I found yeah, it see, to be very useful. It's not easy. That's like, all I have. <laughs> I'm sure everybody has the quarter twenty, and that's probably the most used one. Oh yeah. But like. I've found that the metric ones have been very useful also. Like here, this bandsaw used a metric size, and it's the rigid BS14000. It's the same one everybody has. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Bill? What's uh, what's one that's like pretty weird but great to have? You know what? And this, this is a fun one. It's super inexpensive. I don't know even everybody's got one. Every toolmaker's got one. I have. It looks like it's a long spring. And you push the end of it, and a little claw comes out on ah. the bottom. And yeah. I've What's had this? this. I can show you. Oh, it's it's right um. What well, there's a word for it? It's like uh, like it's a grabber. Yeah. And, um, 
So you, oh. you push the button. Oh yes, and yes, yes. And it's it's flexible. From Alien, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's it, look, good. it looks like a robot arm or something, you know. But um, yeah. So between this and, and and most people have, if you don't, you should get one. Is a, uh, a telescopic magnet. Same same principle. Yep. It's just mm. reaching down somewhere that you need. And I've I've found this thing super handy over the years, and I'm I'm but glad I'm I still have it. Yeah, handsy because it looks like a robot handsy. hand. Yeah. So Andy. yeah, yeah, a little uh, little claw in it or a telescopic magnet. You know that the, the cl- yeah that's when you're working on a car is when that is like invaluable. Like it just you know every time I've ever worked, I don't even have that in my shop. I leave that at home because I know that that's what I'm going to be like trying to fix my car. You know, <laughs> drop the you know what lately is because I have so many benches and stuff in my garage is so tightly packed is when I drop a screw and it goes underneath something, that's when yeah. I grab, that's when that thing That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> All our garages are so tight like whenever yep. you drop something and like to go and find it and reach behind and move yeah. things for one freaking screw, like uh, leave it. But with that thing I would yeah. get it. Yeah. What about you Tim? What's something that's like not well, Everybody has, but it would be nice to have. Uh, I had something different I was going to say, but the, the the claw just reminded me of a similar one that's now obsolete that I do not use anymore, but it was the, the mirror on the stick. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right? That, and that, because I, I thought, because they were kind of next to each other in the garage. Like, yep. So you're having the little round, like, inch and a half diameter mirror that's on a, you know, a telescoping stick so you can kind of look in and see where the problem is. But nowadays... Huh. I turn I I start record video on my phone and I just stick my phone in there and look yeah, around and pull out that I can look at and see way better than a mirror. So I just yeah. thought that was an interesting like the, how the technology is hmm. has uh, re- replaced that one. So since that one doesn't count anymore, you don't need a mirror on a stick because we all have the sum of the world's knowledge and that's the why camera than, that's why the last time I went to the dentist, he shoved his phone in my mouth. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. How's that lawsuit going, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping he'll settle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny um and then what what phil was saying about the tap and die set reminded me of a tool set that that i personally use quite a bit but it's one of those things that if you're not making guitars you might not use as much as um little files mm-hmm. like you can pick these up for like two dollars these like little kits with like a half a dozen files and they're all different profiles like a triangle and a round and a square and they're all about five inches long and you know at most like an eighth of an inch thick Mm-hmm. Um, you find I find those have been very handy you know on guitar making I use them all the time for like nut slots and stuff like that but when I wasn't doing guitar making I find them would come in handy for just cleaning up little tiny spots on things and mm-hmm. uh, and getting into spots and, and they and they're like if you don't have your ice pick handy and the files are handy like that would ever happen like the, the pokey end on you can actually stab stuff with and they've come in handy a, a few times like cleaning out like um, there's a nail hole and you know for reclaimers there's a nail hole in a board and you want to plug it you know, instead of trying to drill it and stuff, you just kind of clean it up with a file and plug it and yep. little things like that. You know, they're, they're oh, cheap and it's, it's, Yeah, super handy to have those little low file sets. Yeah. That's a good one. Hmm. Didn't you try to convert a scroll saw into like a file thingy? I'd, I'd rather not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. because that's an actual tool that exists. You know that, right? It's called a, it's called a, fi- a die filer. Right. Right? Yeah, I was trying to turn a... Uh, a broken scroll saw into it and it was just it was I over engineered in all the wrong way all I needed to do was take these little files and just like hit them to a belt sander so they would fit into the existing scroll saws grabber yeah but instead I went I over engineered this whole thing trying to make it 
different. It was just it was just stupid. It was just a bad idea. So a huge success. Yeah, so I shared it on, you know, YouTube for the world to see my failure, you know. You're a courageous man. Yeah, it's fun. And handsome. And handsome. I said courageous. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know what? I am the best at being humble. No, you have a lot know. of humility. Yeah. Hey, that's my word. <sighs> man, it's been three years. Like, your stuff just leaks into my verbiage. So, you leak all over the place. Um... <laughs> My next one is not so cheap, but I have found it to be pretty indispensable and can be kind of obscure. Is the um, is the Worksharp three thousand or whatever? Oh yeah, I'm still lusting over one of those. Me I too. got it at like a. It's not an estate sale, but a woodworker had passed away, and his brother was selling all of his stuff on uh, on whatever our Craigslist on Kijiji, and uh, hundred bucks. Hundred bucks Canadian, and it's a I was heck like, of a deal. Oh, heck of a deal. It's a great deal because it's like two fifty, three hundred bucks normally, and but he included like everything. It came with the strop wheel, it came with the shaping mm. wheels, it came with the grinder wheels, it came with everything, not just the normal stuff that it comes with, and like a whole bunch of um, of, of sandpaper replacements for all of these wheels. So it was like the score, like this, all the sandpaper is going to last me forever. So uh, if you were working with well, everybody's working with chisels. Like, I don't care what kind of a power tooler you are. Everybody has at least a chisel, right? Um, mm. But I also like to use I use chisels. I use hand planes. Um, and I found it to be amazing. Like, I, I have the Japanese water stones. Again, I got them from Craigslist. I found there was this old, not old, but he was a knife maker. And he, was, he bought bigger stones. And it's a pretty obscure thing to sell used water stones. But... Anyways, I got three different grits, like I think 1,000, 4,000, and 8,000 for like 40 bucks. And that was a great deal. But then the 1,000 started like wearing out like crazy, like it would have these divots in it. I had no way of flattening it because I didn't want to buy a diamond stone. And, and like to sit there, to sharpen and sharpen and sharpen, I'm like, okay, forget it. Nuts to this. And I saw the work sharp on key. I jumped on it. And it's been amazing, honestly. Like to touch up a plane blade or a chisel. That's a game chisel, changer. That's a serious game changer. Game changer. Yeah. Takes two sex. It's amazing. So that one's mine. I love it. So you have to have both a boy mm-hmm. and a girl to make it work. I don't get it either. He said it takes two sex. S e c s. Oh, like seconds. Try to pretend oh. you don't live in San Francisco for five minutes. <laughs> uh. Okay, Bill. What's your next one? Oh, let's see. Here's one that it's it's not an obscure tool, but it's obscure for the, what I use it for. And you can buy them uh, Harbor Freight fairly cheap. I've had my set for a long time, but it's a um, it's a little air chisel or air chipper. Um, you got different attachments that go onto it. You plug it in. It's just it's kind of like an itty bitty jackhammer, right? It's like the, in the shape of a drill. Okay. Anyway, I use that. I have used that in the past for distressing. Uh, furniture for when you're making something look distressed and whatnot you can get that and go or you know just kind of muck it up and mark it up to put the strex marks on it um okay kind of handy to have and uh, along the same line as that um i found a couple years back uh very cheap fits in your reciprocating saw and it's just a scraper it's like a regular scraper but it actually fits with the same 
nugget on the end that your uh, reciprocating saw, like a sawzall blade, yeah. fits in, and it's yeah. a scraper that goes back and forth. That is handy. Cleaning off your workbench. Interesting. Yeah, you can find that just about anywhere now. I didn't. I saw that. It was like seven bucks. I'm like, what? That's genius to have a scraper on the end of your yeah. reciprocating saw. So look look out for that as well. I feel like what if you hit like a nail or something that's protruding? Like wouldn't it jar your whole arm? I don't think a reciprocating saw is that powerful. I think it would just muck up. They're not that. It would muck up the scraper probably. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's the, the basically the entire experience of using a reciprocating saw is it pushing back on your arms yeah. and right. you swearing at it. I mean they're just that's the way they are. It's not going to be any worse. You know? Well, if, if you wonder how to use it, Jimmy just came out with a uh, video. Uh, tips video he did a few of them but one of them was reciprocating saw so oh I gotta see that yeah I yeah, watched I the other came ones out today I think yeah yeah okay um, right on okay uh, well that is funny how like you keep reminding me of things I, I, I had something else I was gonna say um, but that reminded me of the heat stripper like the paint stripper the heat gun with the scraper oh, on it absolutely like that's a you know it's relatively inexpensive tool 20 30 dollars you can usually get one it's basically a very hot hair dryer with a lower fan yeah. and um and there's a scraper that attaches to it and, and you use it for scraping paint off things um that comes in super handy for well for scraping paint off things which you know and finishes and stuff as us reclaimers you know i found that the the part that slides onto it like the the chisel that comes with it or the scraper that comes with it is usually not that good and i tend to use a two-handed i have like a regular like a like a five-in-one like painter scraper or something right. in one hand and the heat gun in the other that tends to work better for me but you can really get a lot of junk off of things quickly with that and it comes in handy for other reasons too of just like needing heat to heat something up in your shop you know i, um, I have a instead yeah, of having an open flame you know i have i have two heat guns i have a regular size heat gun not a paint scraping heat gun but just a regular heat gun but i also have a smaller version that's like a, a, a pencil heat gun and i use that for oh, yeah? all my uh electronics like when i'm uh putting uh shrink wrap over like solder. connections and oh, whatnot okay. or even Can those you solder with it actually i found i told you i found those uh little uh soldering um shrink tube things and it works for that. Yeah. It works for that. But it is yeah. really handy. Mm-hmm. Peeling off labels like on the cigar boxes for me, peeling the labels off yeah. instead of getting the big heat gun, it actually like warps the paint. This one, mm. it so yeah, those are definitely a good tool to have a heat gun of any kind. Yeah. You know, that, makes, that makes me think of another potential podcast too would be um, products, like what products to do stuff like that. Because like, um, like mineral spirits to get the gummy stuff off. Oh, yeah, of. yeah labels and stuff like you know that's because that's you know mineral spirits and is another great way to do that but the trick with the mineral spirits is it takes patience you got to let it soak through the paper you know you, if you try and do it too fast it's still difficult well not only that and walk away from the paper first one and then well but if you if you don't even bother you can just let it soak for a while one thing just, people fail to do yeah. is they don't realize when they're i don't care what you use acetone paints or for whatever and it's mm-hmm. especially if it's something that's gummy you basically you get one swipe and then you need to move that cloth because now you've got, and they'll go back and forth with their cloth and all they're doing is spreading that gummy stuff around. So you kind of want to swipe right, right. it, move the cloth a little bit to where it's clean and you'll find that uh, getting stickers or whatever, whether you're doing, you know, detailing your car, getting the bug and tar remover, anything that does mm. that, just use a rag and, and just a couple swipes, one or two swipes and then move that rag a little bit so you're using a clean surface every time. And you'll find it it's takes it. stuff off way faster than sitting there. First, you're starting off with this little tiny spot. And the next thing you know, now it's like six inches big. It's like, ah, you know? Yeah. Because you just, yeah, you spread it all yeah. over the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then the, the other one, real quick, I wanted to mention was uh, a YouTube channel I watched called uh, Highline Guitars. Is a guy that makes like really nice high end guitars. Um, he does a lot of tips videos, and you know, it's, a lot of it is translatable to other woodworking. But he was uh, just this great idea is um, contour sanding. I always keep some sanding sponges. Like you buy a sanding sponge, and then they get yucky, and then you wrap sandpaper around the sanding sponge, right? Mm hmm. He went to the dollar store and he got a giant one of those pink erasers. Oh yeah! Um, it says on it for big mistakes. Right. And uh, and he also has the smaller erasers for smaller areas, just like a regular like kids pencil eraser, you know. Uh, and he uses those as sanding blocks. And I was just happened to be at like one of these like kind of discount stores a couple weeks ago with my wife, and uh, and I saw the exact same eraser he had. And it was a buck, of course. And I saw a pack of like four of the smaller ones for a dollar. So I grabbed them all. And they are amazing <laughs> for sanding in, in small contours and stuff. Absolutely amazing. You know? Yeah. Because they're big enough to get your hand on, but they still bend. Like the, the big yeah. one is about four inches or five inches long. But you can still bend it like a pretty good radius. Mm -hmm. so a little um, less give than the sponge. I mean, a little more give or less give than the sponge, but still give. Uh, yeah, because it, it's firmer than the yeah. sponge. Like yeah. the sponge will dent in faster, and this is a little firmer. And so, I mean, you can't get really, really tight radiuses with the big one. You have to go to the small one for that. And but the thing with like using small things in those tight areas is it's always difficult for my big, like you know, awkward hands to hang on to them. And so the eraser seems a little easier to hang on to. And then it's like the other option would be to use like a dowel or something like that or cut a piece of wood. And that's what I do in the past a lot too is like cut pieces of wood and, and cut pieces of stuff or like, you know, styrofoam or something. But, yeah, the eraser is spot on. Mm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Phil? Um, I keep a lighter in the shop because yeah. you never know. Like I've used it for heat shrink. I use it for the ends of like nylon rope. Um. I don't know. I've found it infinitely useful to sort of just have one. I mean, you normally wouldn't keep, I guess, a fire starting mechanism in a wood shop, but uh, probably not the safest thing in the world. But uh, well, as long as you're not leaving it lit. It's no, fine. no, no. <laughs> it was just a joke. No, of course. But uh, no, I, I just sort of a random one that I I kept in there and and I use it. Like for example, most recently that I've used it was um, Rhoda Jeff sent me a, a shop apron and uh, and I had to adjust I, I guess I cut one of the straps or whatever for the back it was a little bit too long or whatever and then whenever on a nylon strap or nylon rope if you don't burn the end of it it just frays mm -hmm. out so burn the end and good to go yeah you, I don't know I do that when I when I sew too like if I sew a button back onto something after I, I tie a little knot and then I just yeah. hit it right. with the lighter for a second yeah let me be honest with you here, guys. They don't always have a great story, but I do keep a lighter in the shop. Well, think think about uh, after smoking for 37 years, I have, it's been well over three years now, coming up on four, I think, three or four. I don't know. Anyway, I'm inside the podcast. What's it? What? what, what? You, you, you quit, quit smoking while we've been podcast. doing this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Inside yeah. of three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so three years. years. Um, it was early in the podcast. It was when yeah. I was 49. I'll be 52. So, yeah, three years. Anyway. Um, I have so many lighters. I have a half a dozen in my toolbox. I have some in drawers. I have some in, all over the house. So, yeah, a lighter is always handy. Handy, handy to right. have. And I don't carry one anymore. I used to always have one in my pocket when I smoked. Oh, yeah, and same now thing. People are, and I, I feel like I should still carry one because, yeah, it comes in handy. Like having a sharp object and something that can start fire. You can basically survive anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things, you know what I mean? That's all you need. But, yeah, uh, well. yeah, I don't even carry one. 
I, I don't either. It's weird, too, because that was something that mm. I was naked. If I didn't have a, a lighter in my pocket, I couldn't start my day. There's just no way. You need mm. a smoke and you don't have a way to light it. That's just, you do all kinds of crazy stuff. Rub two yeah. sticks together. Yeah. 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 So Which I, is a lot harder than it seems. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, here's a tool that I learned since I've been at the airport. I don't know what they use it for, but it's basically a pair of pliers that you can grab a couple of pieces of um, like bare wire, like almost wire that you would use to hang a picture. And you can fold it back and forth three times and this thing grabs it and it locks. And then when you pull on it, it spins. So it twists those wires together. And that's what I use it for is picture frame wire. Cause I have a couple of spools of this really thin wire that I've had forever. And normally yeah. I would just take it and fold it about three times and then use my hands to, and I saw one of these guys yeah. using it um, on his airplane and they used it to like tie the insides. Anyway, I don't know what they use it for, but this little plier that locks and then spins when you pull on it, it's almost like a top, you know, you go zit, 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 zit. Well, same thing. Huh. It, it pulls on the wire and it spins it for you. So you get a nice tight twist in that metal wire. And then I use that to hang pictures and whatnot. So it's kind of a weird that tool. That is yeah. weird. Yeah. That is more yeah. obscure than my tool. So well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty obscure. All right. I'll throw out the, uh, the rivet gun. Oh yeah. yeah I've been hanging together like a pop rivet gun. Yep. Yeah. Just a hand squeezed pop rivet gun. Like that's one of those things that, it's really nice to have when you need it, you know? And they're not expensive. Do you want to elaborate and tell a fun story about one time you used well, suppose one? You have suppose you have two things that you need to rivet together. See? Well, hold on a second. Let me just try to imagine this. <laughs> okay. You suck. Um, what I'm trying to get you to do is vamp so I can think of my next one. Well, here, I'll tell, okay, you, well, something. I'll tell you something I bet Tim doesn't even know you can do with not the rivet gun, but the rivet itself. And as if you pop the actual extension out of it, you I now have... Say yes before you tell me. It's a ferrule. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's a ferrule. You have, if you pop... Did you... What? Did you see my drum lamp? No, I have to admit I did not. Uh, what? Wow. What? <laughs> Hang on, mark the date. I've been busy. <laughs> I saw it, a picture of it. I didn't a, watch the video, though. That's what all the, the holes in the drum, they're all filled with rivets. That's exactly so. If, if I'll explain to, in case the listener doesn't know what a rivet is, but it's a piece of metal. It's it's a circle, like a wide circle with a hole through it, and then there's like this kind of nail that sticks through it. Right. The rivet gun grabs the nail and forces the the circle. The circle is almost like um almost like if the letter T but round. So there's like a top to it, you know, or a mushroom. And then when you when you put it into a hole and you pull the trigger on this gun, it squeezes the bottom of it. So now that letter T becomes more like an I or like the mushrooms roots come out or something. When out you or, get done, I'm going to translate this. Please. Okay. <laughs> so it squeezes. It squeezes. Uh, it just basically squeezes on to hold on to things. It gets tight. And then when it's when it's done, it pops and the the nail comes out of the middle. And you've made your connection, but you can just bang those nails out without doing this, and you end up with a tube, a hollow tube with a lip right. on it. And, it, and it makes a great ferrule. And I've done that a couple times where I've used it in that way. Yeah. Now, what I, what I, how I started using that recently was um, for the cigar guitars. box guitars, because yeah. you know if you do a, yeah. if you do the neck through, uh, run the, run the uh, strings through the neck or something like that, uh, you can use those. Body. I'm right. I'm pretty sure the. Uh, I actually have a jar of rivets because I got a bunch of like you know like old man rivets. Yeah. Like my my landlord's cleaned out his grandfather's garage, right. you know, and gave me a bunch of jars, glass jars full of rivets of all these different sizes. And so I took all the big ones and I put them with my guitar parts for just that. Um, 
yeah and then uh and then i use most of them on the drum lamp <laughs> because they were like these nice big ones you know i was thinking because you can get them in different colors too um and i did on one yeah. guitar i use it for uh fret markers just a, oh, that's just, a cool idea. just a head itself look you know if you if you yeah somehow get it to uh sink in a little bit glue it in there and I, and i saved all the nails too uh, from or the center pins from when I just did this because they're aluminum. Yeah, and I figured like they that could probably come in handy. It's like they're thin aluminum rods. They're like about you know inch long, inch and a half long, and they're kind of brittle. You know. They're brittle aluminum though. Yeah, but I was thinking I was thinking about in the TIG welding world is like I could use them as filler rods or something. You know. Ooh, that'd be fun to try. Uh, like uh, to just because obviously they're Pretty too short to here. hold next to the flame, but uh, you could hold them with pliers, or you could just like lay it on the joint. And just and just let it. Or you it could joint. use the telescoping magnet, huh? What's well, aluminum though? That's why I said it. I have to use a claw. A oh, the claw. <laughs> I could use the claw. Yeah. Uh, all right. Did I vamp long enough for you, Phil? I mean, I, we could yeah, probably wrap it I up got anyways. It's I got one. Well, I have the opposite one. one. Okay. I have the opposite one. I have an obscure tool that I don't use, so I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> uh, biscuit joiner. We talked about it in the past. I just somebody who's posted something like that recently. I think I read some today where a lot of people said, "What tool don't you use anymore?" Biscuit joiner. I gave mine away, and I was going to replace I it, and I never did. So hmm. I listed mine. I had I had a small uh, bench top drill press, um, and I replaced it with a much larger jet, uh, well, an old school one, like a real industrial one, and it's been amazing. So I gave my old bench top drill press to my brother. And, uh, and I had a project to do one of these, my neighbor projects, one of these mass piece things. Anyway, so I hired my brother for the day. I told him to bring, bring the drill press I knew that I gave him. And I said, uh, thanks for bringing this over. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was annoying to sort of have to pack it up or whatever. He's like, oh, to be honest with you, I never used it. It's still got the zip tie where you zip tied the cord on it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And then, and then when we were done the job, I said, "Okay, I guess you want to take the bench, uh, the drill press with you." He goes, "No, it's okay. I'll just I'll leave it here, and if we need it again, it'll be here." I was like, loud and clear. I put it up on Craigslist. I sold it yesterday for eighty bucks. <laughs> uh, so I've got this. So I've been trying to sell off a couple of things, make a little bit of room. So the other thing I'm selling is my uh, is my biscuit joiner, and uh, not too many takers, to be honest with you. And I. I used it once. I found it to be a bit of a pain, and I find it wholly unnecessary. If I'm being honest, well, for 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 alignment, I I don't. There's so many mm. other ways you can do alignment. Yeah. Um, what I found it when I built a. But it is very quick and easy for alignment. But it is like so calls, when I man, when I calls. built when I built the uh, big red shelf for my mother-in-law, and I put yeah. the decorative railings on it. That's where yeah. that's probably the most handiest I've ever used that before. I used the biscuit joiner on there so I can pop those, and I knew each one of those rails, they're kind of floating rails. That's a good, yeah, that's good. Decorative yeah. rails, uh, they sat in the same place all the way around that shelf on every shelf level. So, But that's like the only time I've ever found it like, wow, that was. I'm so glad I had it. And, and again, since then, I gave it to um, – the Russian woodworker, I think, is a young man uh, lives with me. Yeah. I mailed it to him, and I was like, "Well, I'll replace it because I'm sure I'll need it again." Well, so that's my thought process too. It's like, okay, let me get rid of this. It's better as cash than it is as a tool on my shelf. Right. And if I never need it again, I'll buy another one. Whatever, you know. Like that's that's the world of Kajiti. It's like a it's like a library of tools. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I tell you what, though, if you find yourself making 
tables that are out of two inch thick by eight inch wide by eight foot long boards yeah and you need to join them together you're going to want the biscuit joiner like it does it just makes things so much easier because these are big heavy boards so you, you're not running them across your table saw to make splines you're not setting up jigs with a skill saw to make splines you're running across your router table you're yeah. grabbing the biscuit joiner you're painting a couple x's and you're sticking the thing on it and you're done and uh, and you get your top lined up as you know as as good as possible with this big heavy reclaimed wood you're not busting your back trying to you know do it that's where it comes in handy anything other than that there's a million ways that you can you can find solutions exactly if you don't make things then you don't need it paul jackman paul jackman does and uh he doesn't need a biscuit joiner tim i'm just saying he doesn't make eight foot long dining tables did you see his this recent thing he's been posting he took like a thousand pallet boards and now he's got this four inch block of wood that's like eight feet long he didn't need no biscuit joiner for that. Oh, has he gotten to that point now? Yeah. Because it's all millions of little pieces glued together. <laughs> you can't biscuit join it. Oh, wouldn't but, that be uh, something? No, Use a bunch of biscuits, glue them together to make an oval-shaped rod? That would be... Uh, Please stop. No, um. it wouldn't be anything. But uh, no, I mean, you know, I've made plenty of those tables without biscuit joiners. You don't need it, yeah. but yeah. it's nice. It, it takes a lot of time and, and effort away. You know, it's a tool that's well worth its weight or well worth its price for people making dining tables. If you're not making dining tables, it's probably not something you a simp- need. But a simple dowel with a yeah, drill I was will just work gonna say. just as well. No, but the time, the time that takes... To set up the jigs and to do that and to get it all lined up properly you know, is, no, is way it's, quicker it's and easier. Quick. All you got to do is bend a piece of, wood, of cardboard. A piece of acrylic and a bushing. Yeah, just I, I just bend a piece of cardboard to use it so I, I mark it at the same depth on each one and drill a hole on both sides and they fit together. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and I have the little the little pins, the, the dowel center centering jigs and stuff. You can use those and stuff too. Biscuit joiner is way better. It's way better for that. And again, it's not that it, I'm not, I don't think that I never bought one. The only reason I have one was it was given to me. By um, uh, Bradley, Bradley Boggs gave it to me, but um, and I'm I'm super thankful because I was the same as you guys. I was like, I don't need this. I'm making tables. I don't need it. And then I got it, and I was like, Oh my god, I so, love this. So thing. he gave this it to you. Awesome. Tables, so but if I do, yeah. I'll get it. You just gave you that tool. Yeah. He just gave it to me. Yeah, must be nice. I wouldn't must know. Must be nice. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> what is that, Suede? Fantastic, fantastic wrap-up. <laughs> hey, let me mention one more obscure tool. Not everybody has one, but I do, and I use it a lot, and I'm going to plug you again, Mr. Sway. Uh, the Tim Sway Square, 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 Square whatever. Um, that's a weird little tool that the I... The Sporkchula. It's, it's much more handy than I thought it would ever be, so thank you for that. I was, I've been telling you that for a year now. I'm glad you finally... Uh, started to use it. It's, well, it does come in here. It was really cute hanging up next to my little miniature Jimmy Duresta push stick. Yeah, that's useless, though, that thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it really is. But thank you, Wes Swain, for making it. Oh, oh it's like a like a toy. Yeah, That's pretty cute. 3D printed. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I don't think that's going to make you safer on the table saw. It's an inch no. tall. <laughs> to the, probably to the opposite. Although Tim, it would be cool wanna... to make a little table saw with um, a Dremel blade, you know those little Dremel blades? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little mini table saw and then use that. That'd be fun. You'd, you'd still get hurt, but it'd be fun. Yeah, I'm going to try not to get hurt. Go ahead, Phil. Do your thing. <laughs> Tim, you want to pull up the uh, the iTunes reviews? They're, they've been all American. I did. I did before we started recording. I have it right here. We have a new one this week from PR Glitz. Ooh. Um, pop Pop. Oh. It's... Yeah, I just saw the signature now and realized that that's our Gangi and Pop Pop. 
Yeah, that's great. That's who that is. Yeah, uh, it's a dual purpose podcast. Is the title, and it has five stars, which is why we're reading it. Because if it didn't, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I look where your head's at. And and uh, he wrote, um, "When I have a long drive commuting around the state, you boys help keep me awake. The expectation of pearls of wisdom, not so often realized, does keep my attention, but." On a sleepless night, this amazing podcast can put me to sleep in minutes. <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite kind of review. There's a compliment and a jab. Yeah. You know? So. Yes. It seems to be in and direct contradiction the to the five stars. That's fine. Because uh, as uh, long as it's five right. stars, that's You can that's say what you want. We've, we've advertised this multiple times. Say what you will. Leave the mm-hmm. five stars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, if, if that's what it takes to get a good night's sleep is us, then I feel... That you know, that's a well, valuable pop pop. I just want you to realize that you just mentioned that you are falling asleep, He's sound, sound asleep, asleep he can't hear you. with three guys that you don't know in bed with you. Yeah, yeah. I think on the count of three, let's yell, wake up. Three, wake up. Wake up! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Okay, Phil, where are you going? Oh, I'm sorry, I just dropped something. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, that's it. Time to move on. What to, grabbed uh, your attention? What grabbed your attention? What? How about you, Phil? Why don't you go first? Uh, um, I've been watching. What have I been watching recently? I don't know. Let me just check my YouTube. You go first, so that I can figure this out. Okay. Um, I have two things I wanted to mention. One is uh, like an actual thing, and then one is uh, another thing. So, uh. John Leguizamo, the comedian, yeah. actor comedian, he has a special on Netflix called Latin History for Morons, and it's um it's a Broadway show that he's been doing, uh, and they filmed it, and it's uh um, very very interesting. It's entertaining. It's it's uh, special, make you laugh, make you cry, kind of a thing. It's about him trying to like learn more about you know his history and his roots, and because uh, you know history is told by the winners, and and a lot of that a lot of that history is lost. Um, so it was very interesting and educational, um, and I think everybody should watch it. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, color. Is that's I think that's going to be my my thing for 2019. I'm going to try to find more ways to incorporate color into reclaimed woodworking, which means paint. Really, at the end of the day, right? I mean, but uh, or dyes. because I or what dyes dyes yeah. yeah. But I was listening to this uh, the the. The um, TED Talks podcast, and they were talking to this uh, expert on joy, and uh, talking about just like color and abundance, and and how these like very simple things but bring joy like universally to humans, like like every human from every culture. If you show them like a big bunch of colorful balloons, it's going to bring them some sort of joy. Right. It's like it's you know doesn't there's no it's not lost in translation. So I was thinking about that and and what we're doing with our work and trying to you know be good for the planet but it's all a lot of right angles and brown right you know <laughs> you're a no, you're right. and, yeah. I, and I, I think i'd like to try to bring more joy into it you know more color so that's wow. uh, that was my thought my deep thought for the day jack candy um my uh I would, i'm not really named specific uh video because none comes to mind but i i realize what i have been watching a lot of has been welding videos i've been watching a ton of them no just because I always like to research the heck out of something before I get my hands on it so that once I do, I kind of already know the terms and the techniques. Maybe I don't have the muscle memory to do it, 
but I know where all the switches and the knobs and what they do are, and you know how to feed it in and all that stuff. I like I, I'm very technical like that. I like to get into the technical um, details of something even well before I've ever seen it in real life. I was the kind of kid who uh, I don't know if you guys had this store in the states. We had a store called um, Consumers Distributing. It was basically the whole store was no. just a catalog. And the physical oh. store was you walked in and it was a counter. You submitted your yep. chit with the thing you wrote from the SKU from the catalog. They went into the back and they came out and that was the whole store. It was basically a, a front end for a warehouse. It was called service merchandise in the okay. States. So we had consumers distributing and my childhood was spent inside the pages of that catalog looking at toys. So I knew every toy and I didn't have any of them, but I knew every toy and how to play with it and all that stuff. And, and that was that was... That was me. So I'm like that as an adult as well. Um, I'd, I'd like to offer up some names for that uh, uh, welding. Uh, Kevin Karen, he's an artist, but he also does nothing but welding yeah. for his art. And he explains, yeah. him, his wife's all, every video, hi, Kevin, what you working on? Well, I'm going to show you how to butt join a weld or something like that. It's fun. Okay. Check out, he's yeah. an amazing artist. Uh, Mitchell Dillman, believe it or not, he does a lot. He started off doing a lot of mm -hmm. welding of bases and stuff to incorporate his uh, log furniture. So there's a lot of welding oh, tips cool. you can learn from Mitchell. Uh, Chucky2009. Lance, yeah, everybody knows him, and of course, yeah. uh, welding tips and tricks. Jody, um, hmm. it, there's nothing you can't find out about welding between those four sources right there. So cool. Give 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 a give it a, a check out. Will do. Yeah, thank you. John. I'm the exact opposite of you, Phil. I just I start doing stuff until I hit a wall, right, and then I go looking for <laughs> different yeah. strokes That's for different folks. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying either way is right or wrong. I, well, mine's wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> it's much more dangerous and reckless. But uh, you know, that's, that's who I am. It's... I look at the instructions after I get stuck. You know, right? Wait, <laughs> the older like... I get, the better I am about that. But didn't I skip steps seven through fourteen? Oh, okay, that makes sense. I do that with the yeah. things I'm assembling for my kids. Like I put together, my in-laws got my daughter. Uh, for Hanukkah, the uh, the Barbie dream house. So my wife and I spent an evening assembling it. I'm like, wait a second, mm -hmm. this is backwards, and this is this is upside down. Oh, the instructions are over here, still in the packaging. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yep. So uh, even Bill? though I don't have my notes with me, um, <clears> throat> Bill throat> has to do his. Did Bill go? Bill didn't go yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Billy. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay a little bit uh, anti Plaid Friday. But take advantage of Plaid Friday. And um, I just recently scored a toolbox because it was a floor display that was kind of in the back because for Plaid Friday, the box stores were putting all their toolboxes, the new ones that they're ready to sell, in front of that one. I went to the one in the back that's been there all year and it's got dents and scraps on it. And uh, I got a good deal on that as well as a... Um, a, 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 a uh, miter saw with a stand just there's some good deals to be had out there but if you're going to shop commercially take advantage of that try and find that open box or the dented merchandise and uh also uh, and i think tim will back me on this uh do shop locally do the plaid friday as well so that's that's what's got my attention you're going to spend some money in the next few days uh do it wisely mm, well said yes yeah i have two videos this year about that i have a one for Plaid Friday is, or Boycott Black Friday is my negative way of saying, and then I have another one for Cyber Monday. Uh, so, what's your Cyber Monday one? 
That's the dice, the the country dice. Okay. It's kind of basically just a commercial for my Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm showing people, I'm showing people how to make them, and I'm giving them all the resources to make them themselves. I'm just uh-huh. asking them, like, don't compete with me. <laughs> you know, what? like, yeah, I invented this. Like, you know, you can buy them from me. You can make them yourself for free and give them away as gifts. So don't start selling them. You know. Right. But whatever. I, that's just the the downside of sharing all your ideas in open forum. I guess you know, but. Well, what did Joel say? It's, it's, you can go ahead and copy me, but I'm already oh, first worlds ahead of where you're going to yeah. be by trying to copy it. So it's yes, not, don't yeah. bother. Even even though and even though I'm sh- giving you an instructional video showing you how to do it, right? I'm still, I'm already ahead of that video. I've already you know. Right, you're already out there. I, I've come up with yeah. a completely different game than yours, Tim. I call it Yahtzee music. <laughs> I think it'd be more like hip hop Yahtzee would have been funnier. Oh, I'm not hip. Or is it? It's a country dice. It was a genre of music. Yeah. You need a game. I'd be more interested in. I'd be more interested in Yahtzee Western. Oh, how about this? How about how about musical crap? Because you know dice is craps. Oh, craps. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that musical craps. Pop craps. Pop Pop craps. craps. (laughs) Yeah, the world's worst cereal. Oh, Phil for the win. Thank you. Good night. Okay. All right. On Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out WilliamLutz.com. Check out TimSway.net. And check out NewPerspectivesMusic.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks and Jason Payne for some of those websites. Um, Hit us up on Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio. Uh, if you want to leave us those comments, that feedback, we also love getting them by email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Uh, as you know, your feedback is a huge driving force for this podcast, and we really appreciate every single one of those uh, you know, pieces of effort that you throw our way. Uh, leave us those reviews on iTunes. I left a link for it on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, so it's one of the first links on there. You just click on there. It launches iTunes. You can leave us a review. Super important. And uh, reclaim, sorry, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio is the uh, absolute best way to help three guys out and one of whom left his notes on his other computer. What were you, uh, what were you holding up your finger to say there? Five stars. Oh, yes. Please only leave a five-star review. If you think you're giving us honest feedback on there, you are mistaken about how that works. <laughs> yeah, we don't want honest feedback. We have no interest. Nope. No. We, we just want Just five stars, please. <laughs> and uh, thank you to uh, folks who reach out to us and they email us and they just interact with us, not even to ask questions, not even for show topics, but just to say, hey, check this out. Look what I'm doing. I love you guys. Blah, 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 blah. So keep that up as well. We love the interaction. We love you all. And we don't want any honest feedback there either. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like some dishonest, positive feedback. Love us or be silent. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like my parents. And with that. 